Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 14 of the Strictly NFL podcast. Can't believe it's been nearly an entire season of doing this. So thank you guys for, for listening uh, along the way. And we finally have an episode where we can pretty much, not totally, but almost ignore New York sports, that, which have been a fucking shit show this year. So the Strickland does have a Patreon. There is a $3 tier, a $6 tier, and a $9 tier. This podcast can be found behind the $9 tier uh, if you like what you're hearing. In addition to the Strickland having a YouTube, which is the Strickland, on Instagram at the strick.land. Um, uh, the $6 Strickland Patreon can get you access to the Strick and Roll, which is uh, Schwinn's uh, personal uh, podcast every other week, in addition to a lot more stuff like a mailbag, uh, Strickland Discord, and all that other good stuff. Uh, secondly, this podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Where and it's where you can get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and many more sports. It continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place online wagers, including live betting, and where you can play your favorite casino and card games right from your phone. So you can he- head over to their website, or you, like I said, use your phone to sign up today and get in on all the action. Use the promo code Believe, which is capital B L E A V, for fifty percent off on your welcome bonus first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, without further ado, you guys see on the screen if you're watching on YouTube or on the Patreon, we got Schwinn here uh, in addition to Jeff. So, uh, how are you doing, boys? Schwinn, I know it's been a rough week for you. We'll start off with you. Uh, basketball is the best sport. It's the only sport. Some are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people they're saying yes. the streets. That uh, that Bills Eagles game was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my entire life. I have no. I actually, I guess if I have to lean one way, I'd probably be pro Eagles because, like, I'm not a Giants fan. I'm a Broncos fan, and the Bills are, I guess, a conference rival. I mean, the Bills and Broncos have like very little history, but yeah. So I'm pretty neutral here, and I'm just watching this game and. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't, I don't like the sport. It's honestly like, I, I know people are tuning in here to get excited about the NFL. And I, I mean, I love the NFL. I love football, but that is the type of game that makes me almost embarrassed to be a football fan because it was so clearly once it was worse than the dolphins game where the Eagles were, the Eagles didn't commit a penalty. In yes. the dolphins game. Um, yeah. This was, this was more blatantly biased than that game. It was just insane because it was so clear the second the Bills got ahead that the refs were going to do everything they could to keep the Eagles in it. They needed this game to be close. And every single edge went the Eagles' way for the rest of the game. And then, like, it's just like, it was just fucking awful to watch. It was an awful viewing experience. And honestly, Schwinn, like, we talked a number of times. I can't believe you weren't more furious because we talked last week and I said, I asked you, I said, what do you think of the idea that the Bills would be a good Super Bowl bet if they made the playoffs. And you were like, yeah, if they make the playoffs, I can see that because that means they would have beaten a number of really good teams and a number of really tough matchups. And like, as an emotional fan, 
they had that. They had that in the bag. They should be a favor. They should be a betting favorite right now to make the playoffs. And instead, they have to go into Kansas City. Um, well, fortunately, against Kansas City, the refs shouldn't be a factor. So, I think, I think, I just before you say anything, Schmidt, I think Philly has overtaken Kansas City. I think they're the league darlings now. I think it's more. I think it's more just watching the Eagles this season. I mean, I do think they're dying for the the swift matchup in the Super Bowl. So I think that's the ultimate goal. But I think at the margin, the Eagles have actually overtaken the Chiefs. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, I I think the what made it even more frustrating is that on top of like the refs absolutely fucking us, um, we still should have won that game. And like I thought, McDermott just like that's I, I'm like I've been like pretty firmly on like the keep Sean McDermott and whatever. And I still think I'm like. I still think you give him one more year. I think it's weird to fire him after this season because it is really the f- first, like, disastrous season Bad they've season. had. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you are – if you were on the kind of, like, eh, I don't know, if this one tilted you to fire Sean McDermott, I'm not going to blame you because I thought he coached a really cowardly game, and I think you can actually take decisions from this game and genuinely question, like, does he understand the team that he's coaching – currently and what are his strengths like what is what are your team's strengths right now um is a genuine question that i don't know that he like i don't think his answers to that are actually aligned with what they are because like you had like you took a fucking timeout on a 60 yard field goal to ice the kicker just let him kick the fucking field goal okay he makes that you have two timeouts then with 20 seconds left you like josh allen can do that like, fucking Patrick Mahomes did it against us in the playoffs. Like, you were on the fucking sideline for this shit, okay? So, like, Josh Allen can do that. He's got a cannon. And you know why I know that Sean McDermott knows that? Because he literally sat there on Thanksgiving last year and watched him do it against the Lions. Like, he had 20 seconds left, 21 seconds left, with one timeout. He threw a piss missile fucking, you know, it's like 40 yards down the fucking middle of the field, hits digs. We kick a field goal. We get out of there with the victory in regulation. Like you've seen him do that. So to to be that risk averse there is really really problematic. Um, I did not. He they asked him after the game. Or it might have been Monday. They do the Monday post game press, like the the next day. Well, press Schwinn, Schwinn, let me let me hop in a little bit. I'm sorry, and you can get back to that point. But like, when has overtime ever favored the Bills? Well, th- th- and this is what I'm getting to. Like so. Okay. Okay. Fine. You get to overtime. I don't agree with that decision. Whatever. You get to overtime. You have third and six from whatever it was, like the fucking twenty-three. I mean, it doesn't matter where it was from. It's like somewhere between the twenty and thirty-yard line, right? Um, and you got third and six. They ask him after the game, right? Because they they throw the shot to Gabe. It doesn't. It's not complete. And then he kicks the field goal. Then obviously Philly comes down. They score a touchdown. They asked him that Monday, so the day after. Um, about that, and they're like, "Did you ever have? Did, did you ever give any thought to going for it on fourth down? Given kind of like your defense is beat up, Philly had moved the ball really, really well in the second half. Like, did you give that consideration?" And he said, he, "What he said was, you know, at fourth and two or fourth and three, uh, it's a different thing. And like, you know, then you have Josh, and then you go for it. But at fourth and six, you don't go for it. And to me, that's a horseshit answer because your play call on third and six indicates you never viewed that as four down territory. That was a shot play all the way. You watch that playback 
35 times, it's a shot play. There's nothing else on that play. That play was designed to take the shot to win the game, which I am fine with. But don't then tell me that it, oh, well, we would have gone for it on fourth if it was fourth and two or fourth and three, because you never had an intention of going for it on fourth down there. That you never, that, that thought that you were either going to win the game there or you were going to kick the field goal. You didn't give a shit about fourth down. So I had a really big problem with that because to me, I don't, I'm okay with kicking the field goal there, but just fucking give me the right answer. Like, I, I think it's just, it's very just, it's fourth and six. I get why you kick the field goal. Okay. I get it. Like, but just give me the, the the answer there is bullshit. That's the wrong answer. The answer should just be, we took a shot on third down and we trusted our defense. Now that's misguided too, but at least that's an honest answer. And it's, it's at least logical. Like to, to say that you would have, well, it was only, it would have been four down territory if we, had, if we got it to fourth and two or fourth and three, that's bullshit because you didn't run a play on third down that gave you a chance to even make it four down territory. That's just garbage. Yeah. Um, and, and that actually pissed me off. And like, look, I, I think there's been a lot of parsing of like Sean McDermott's words this year. And I, I got to say like this whole thing that's been going on. I mean, look, we're Knicks fans. So we experienced this. You remember like when we like, they fired David Fisdale and it was like, Oh my God, they're scapegoating David Fisdale. And I'm like, one, like this just puts more pressure on them. And two, David Fisdale sucks at his job. So who cares? Like, this is, this is fine. And it's like, oh, he's scapegoating Ken Dorsey. I'm like, Ken Dorsey sucks at his job. Like, <laughs> I don't care if you want to show me 7,000 charts that show me EPA. Like, guess what? You have Josh Allen. Your EPA is going to be really fucking good. And you're going to be in the top right corner of all these fucking charts. That does not tell me that Ken Dorsey is good at his job. And if you want to see why Ken Dorsey stuck at his job, I would recommend everyone go check out Cover One. Go check out the phone room. They did breaking down Ken Dorsey's offense. Uh, after he was fired, and you will see, like, there's no layering of concepts. There's there's no natural progressions built in that make any sense. It was yeah. all one side of the field stuff, and then to progress, if nothing's open, you have to all of a sudden now look all the way to the other side of the field. And that sounds stupid because you're like, well, isn't that how it works? Half a second, one second in, in the NFL is a, like that is the game. It's a, it's a lifetime. That, that's the game, and like J- Joe Brady. Look, I don't know if he's fucking amazing or not. But I see very obvious improvements in how games are being called, how concepts are being built, how they're installing something in the first quarter to then build on it. Like the, the touchdown pass they threw to Gabe Davis in the fourth quarter. In the second quarter, they ran that exact out of that exact play. They ran the ball in the red zone. They ran it for James Cook. He got like three yards down the three-yard line. They ran out of that same exact setup, same exact you know way they lined up, in the fourth quarter, it's a fake draw. Boom. Gabe Davis, open touchdown for a slant. Like, I'm, I, you, I'm sure you can find Ken Dorsey doing stuff like this, but like his window dressing was garbage. Um, and like, there's a reason why every Bills fan going back to like midway through last season was like, what the fuck is this offense? And, and then like, you know, last year the issue was like, oh, everything is a vertical deep shot. Like, why don't we have anything built in underneath? And then like, I think his fix to that was just like, constantly having underneath routes but it's like okay well now you're doing this you have to build on this now to give yourself vertical opportunities and that just wasn't happening at all this year his use of personnel was bizarre to me um he's not creative like he didn't use if i'm the front office of if i was brandon bean like the reason i'd be pissed about this season is this is easily the bill's best roster in the last five years like it's not close. pre-injury 
yeah, I mean, this, yeah, th- this roster is, their offensive roster has actually not been that injured. So, like, they don't even get that pass. But this is probably their best team since 99. Like, not an exaggeration at all. Um, so, the fact that they're at 6-6, six and six, there's a lot of people to blame for that. Sean McDermott, for sure. But Ken Dorsey's offensive play calling, I mean, we had, what, how many games in a row, that Giants game, the fucking game against the Broncos, the game against the Jaguars. You're talking about, like, three games that were all, I mean, they did win the Giants game, barely. But, like, you're talking about the so Patriots many games. game? Yeah, the Patriots game. You're talking about so many games where you're going through an entire halves of football without scoring touchdowns, without scoring points, without, like, looking cohesive in any way. And you want to fucking sit there and, like, have these fucking, you know, national guys who clearly are not watching the actual tapes and just looking at fucking X and, you know, Y, like, oh, what does the X axis say? What does the Y axis say on this chart? Like, I'm sorry. Like, anybody that thinks Ken Dorsey is doing a good job is a fucking idiot. And that's not to say Ken Dorsey can't be a good coordinator at some point. Like, I do think he has some good concepts. I think he has good ideas. He was 100% not ready to take on the role of being an offensive coordinator for a team that has championship expectations and has championship caliber personnel. And he should have been fired after that disgusting Bengals game last year in the playoffs. Um, But, like, he wasn't. And that is something that Sean McDermott has to own. Because, ultimately, the coaching staff has always been his, like, he's allowed to do what he wants to do there. He chose to keep Ken Dorsey for longer, and you can tell me maybe it's because Josh Allen led Ken Dorsey. I don't really give a shit. At the end of the day, that's your call as a coach. He has to own that, and that is part of why this reason is a failure. And I do think that people that want him gone, that's something that you can point to. Well, what I would say is it's it's obvious, like, Watching the Giants, right? Even though we've been horrible this year, and looking back a bit on last year, oh, this Tommy Soprano slander t- is crazy. <laughs> Respect Tommy cuts, but uh, so like last year, right? A lot of the stuff on offense was cutting the field in half, or was you know like a naked boot, um, that that type of stuff. And while that stuff is easy concepts, they always added a kink to it. So, like against the Bears, where uh, where DJ had a big day running the ball, he had like seventy passing yards that game. But he ended up with I think two or three total touchdowns. He ran the boot. There was no route going to his side, but he was sticking off of the boot with the ball, acting as if he's going to throw a pass, and then he just takes it up the sideline for a touchdown. So like, there there is none of that stuff. And and I'm going to get into the QB run game a little bit after this because I had a huge issue with that third and six play call that you brought up. Um, the Bill stuff that they run, it is not progressive over the course of a game, which I, is what I think you were trying to say, right? Yeah, there's, it's not, you're not building on it. There's no, like the window dressing. I, and I actually do think like forgetting the third and six play call, what it was, I do think Joe Brady's done, like it's noticeable. I mean, you look yeah. at how we performed against the Jets defense for the last two years has been a nightmare for us. Um, you come, and I understand that, like, look, we got the last remnants of the Zach Wilson era and their offense has been shit, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, like, they moved the ball consistently throughout that game against the Jets defense. They had open guys, like, they schemed stuff up. You saw what this offense is capable of against an elite defense, and it was really good. And so, to me, like, 
you know, I'm not saying Joe Brady's the greatest offensive mind ever. I do think that his big sin is should have never attached himself to Matt Rule. That was a huge mistake. That's the uh, thing. Joe Brady, for for all the fucking bad stuff that's happened in the NFL, his label coming in here was he might know like the the trick to scheming up open intermediate routes. That was that was the thing with Joe Brady, and that was like the Jamar Chase catches and all that stuff. The reason why he went so high in the draft is because when he made a play, it's because he won, right? It's not because Joe Brady helped him. Whereas you look at like Terrace Marshall, he went day two, I believe it was uh, early third or maybe late second. He went day two because even though he put up the stats, his wins were not Terrace Marshall wins. They were Joe Brady wins. And that's the difference. That that was a selling point. And that's why I think more to the Dalton Kincaid side of things. Like I think Kincaid having five four, what was it, five for like forty against the Eagles this week? Like that that's the type of thing that can't happen because we know Joe Brady can get that type of intermediate game open. And like, granted, he got uh, Gabe Davis six for 100 and a touchdown. Sure, like, that's cool. But at the same time, I don't really care about Gabe Davis because having Kincaid be effective changes defenses so he's not a lot more. Team? Well, no, it's a gate. Dalton Kincaid is only on one of my fantasy <laughs> teams, so it's fine. Um, but I got to say, as, as someone who's gotten burned by Gabe Davis like eight straight weeks, I was, pre- I was pretty okay with those touchdowns. But, you know, <laughs> I also have Gabe Davis. In two of my fantasy leagues, so I was uh, pleasantly surprised by by him uh, putting up a, a respectable score line. But like, Schwinn, like- Schwinn, if you if you go look at his game log for since like week five, it's either it's it's like it's like the definite you know this it's like the definition <laughs> yeah. of boomer bust. Yeah, I swear oh, yeah. to you, I have gotten the decision wrong. I'm o for eight before <laughs> last. I think week. you texted me about that, right? I so like I started him five times and he scored like a combined four points in his five starts. And then he scored like a combined 60 points in the three times I benched him or something. I, I literally got the decision wrong every single week. So I, don't so, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever hated a player as much as I hate Gabe Davis. So, well, look, a lot of Bills fans feel the same. Uh, but, like, just, just to what you're talking about, though, like, to me, the difference in, like, Dalton, okay, Dalton Kincaid was well, whatever he was, five, five catches, 43 yards. The difference to me is, like, I'm fine with that because the offense as a whole performed well. Like, so the way to think about this is to bring basketball into this. Like, I remember a few years ago when Jim Boylan was the uh, the head coach of the of the Bulls, they had this, like, offense, and it was like, oh, but, like, like everyone's like, this, this offense sucks. But you'd look at it, and you're like, well, they're taking a lot of threes, and they're taking shots at the rim. Like, this has to be good. And he's like, I remember Lori Markin, and was like, I don't like this offense. Like, I don't, I don't really get it. And everybody's like, well, you're taking more threes, and you're getting shots at the rim. This is a good thing. Like, make, make, like and – but, like, you know, anybody that watched that and everybody knew after a little while, I was like, Jim Boylan's a fucking idiot. This team sucks. Like, you can't just, like, like Ken Dorsey was designing stuff that was like, yes, it is objectively good to throw to Stefan Diggs. It is objectively good to throw to Dalton Kincaid in the intermediate range. But, like, doing these things in in isolation without any just, like, what is what is this in the broader picture? What are we? What is the point of targeting Dalton Kincaid in this intermediate area? Is it just to target him there? Is that the is that the only purpose, or am I targeting him here so that now the safety has to come down and then I can hit Gabe Davis over the top? Like those are the type of things that you were not seeing, and I'm just giving you a very basic idea of it. Like 
like the point of taking a, a taking a bunch of threes isn't just to like take threes, right? It's to create space and put a defense in rotation and like all these things. So like the Bills were, yeah, sure. You can, if you were just looking, again, if you were looking at the charts, and you're like, well, the EPA is good and look, this is great. And look at Josh Allen's completion percentage. And it's like, yeah, all that stuff is great because Josh Allen exists on your team. That's not great because of your scheming anything up. And like this to me is what drives me nuts about the Josh Allen conversation over the last basically, you know, year and a half, two years, whatever you want to call it since Dayball left is like, there's a reason why Josh Allen under Dable and Dable with Josh Allen. Because let's remember, Dable before Josh Allen was not some like successful, awesome offensive coordinator in the NFL. Okay. Um, like, but those he was two actually guys a defensive went, guy coming out yeah, of them. Right. And so, like, Dable with Josh Allen, right? They got the best out of each other. And, you know, you go back, the last game that Josh Allen ever played for Brian Dable is that epic game that we totally won in Arrowhead because the game is only. 59 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, but like, like he played, like he literally had a perfect playoffs. He had nine touchdowns, zero, zero interceptions. He's playing, you know, incredible levels of football, right? There is a reason why you go from that to even last year, right? The numbers look great on their surface, but all of a sudden he's this turnover machine in the red zone, which was never a problem before. All of a sudden he's like, you know, it just, it doesn't like, yeah, the numbers feel right. And he's, they're explosive, but there's no flow. Something is wrong here. And like, so even as you're adding talent, like the bills objectively have, they have a better running game today than Dable ever had. They have James, like they have a better backfield than Dable had. They have a much better offensive line than Dable ever had. They have a better wide receiving core than Dable had. They have a better tight end core than Dable ever had. And yet not a single bills fan. You would not find a single bills fan that was like, this offense is better than it's been. That's a problem. That says something about coaching. And to bring it back to my point about, like, if you're the front office of this team, I'm not saying you got to fire Sean McDermott, but I do think, you know, I, I don't expect this team to make the playoffs now. I do think when this season ends, you've got to have sit down and have a serious conversation with them and, and lay down some very, very clear, like, targets. Like, hey, you got to do X or you're out of here. Because this was a total waste of a season. And it, not just a waste of a season. You wasted a year of Josh Allen's prime with maybe the most talented version of this team that you're going to have for a few years, given the cap considerations coming up. And considering the fact that Von Miller apparently might be a gigantic piece of shit. That was... There were, there, there, there were, always, uh, there were always some pretty worrying rumors about Von Miller, like when he was in Denver. There were... There, I, really? I, you know, I don't, ha- I don't have sources, but I... I do have friends of friends, you know, who, who live in the Denver area and who heard some things that weren't the best. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, again, the furthest thing from a reporter. I, I am also the last person to judge a man's character who I don't know until the facts come out. I'm not saying anything, but I, the Von Miller stuff is just, you know, that's. Well, he that's was accused in, in Denver. And then I think his girlfriend retracted the accusation. Like he had something come out in 2022 after he signed up the bills where he like released pictures explicit pictures of an ex um like he's had some stuff but like i mean i didn't even know about the denver thing until today to be honest like, i didn't know he was even accused of anything um so like look this is just unfortunately the stuff that gets uh, brushed under the rug but you know and and like jeff said you know maybe it'll come out that this is all bullshit but the initial reporting on this doesn't look great and um you know again for, for, for 
fuck Von Miller and forget Von Miller. Like, even without Von Miller, this is the most talented roster the Bills have had. In Von, Von wasn't in doing much this season anyway. And that's what makes it even more frustrating. Is like Because even with Von doing nothing, this team is so... They're so much better than their talent. And this has been... Like, this is why that 13 seconds will fucking kill me forever until they actually, if they ever do, win a Super Bowl. Because the seasons like this happen. Like, this, it happens. Like, sometimes you just, Aaron Rodgers had a bad season in the middle of his prime. Like, like Drew Brees, I think they missed the playoffs six out of, like, 14 years that he was in, uh, in New Orleans with Sean Payton. Like, it can happen. The only guy it never happened to is fucking Tom Brady because he's a fucking scumbag piece of shit. But, like. And he sold the show. Yeah, but like yeah. Peyton Manning's had that. Like every team has had. I think I don't know if Peyton has. Maybe maybe, maybe Peyton's another alien. They had like, that. They had that. They had that really weird four win season at the start of his career. Like yeah, they, that was uh, like he was a rookie, right? And he's like he threw like no, 30 no, no. Years no. Off it was like it, the uh, the Jim Mora practice season because they, they went they went they went thirteen and three in ninety nine, I think, and then the practice season happened in two thousand or two thousand one. Yeah. Well, that, and then after after that he made after that not only did he make the playoffs every year of his career but he he won his division most yeah most and I think years of his career I think that year what you're talking about like that was also just a really bad turnover season for Payne and it wasn't just turnovers I think he had like I think he might have led the league in pick sixes like it was just a bad season for him but like the point is like even great quarterbacks and with teams like they they'll have like John Elway's had bad seasons I'm sure um, you know like. The best of the best, maybe not, you know, when you're talking about Brady, Manning, Montana. But, um, you know, it, it's not some egregious thing. It just it just sucks because I don't even think Josh I, – I really, like, I, the conversations around Josh Allen are always dumb to me because what it always comes back to is there are people that will always root for him to fail because when he got drafted, they had skin in the game that said he sucked ass. And as soon as, yeah. the, he, as, soon as he turns the ball over once, oh, my God, is Josh Allen turn machine? Go check out – his turnovers this year compared to uh, the great princely Patrick Mahomes, who never has made a mistake in his life. Um, like you might be surprised by what that turns out to be, but like it just we, turns- we just need to stop purporting that and thinking like that. Like I was number one on the Josh Allen hater bandwagon. I was so sure he was going to be a bust. I was like, dude from Wyoming who turned it over a bunch at Wyoming. This guy's going to suck. 52%. Um, and then literally, <laughs> I remember, and then I, literally, I remember where I was week one against the Vikings. When he jumped over that dude, I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. I don't care if I'm wrong. Like, I was, I've been rooting for him since then. I if you're listening that. to this, and, and you're Anthony all, too. And, yeah. and if you're, if you're listening to this and you're at all open and minded, stop valuing your own takes over just like, objectively watching what's in front of you it's so clear josh allen's awesome <laughs> and, and and this is this is also like like i did this with tua like i still don't think tua is in the conversation with like you know mahomes or allen or whatever but like you watch him like i'm sorry yes does he have great town around him sure but like he is a precise passer right like he is his timing is probably the best in the league like that's a talent that does, that that now you can tell me and i agree with this part of it where it's like yes but like the best teams aren't going to let you run your shit on time. Like you've got to be be able to play off schedule a little bit. And and we saw that I think when they played the Bills. Like he hasn't ever had a great game against the Bills for a reason. Like because they have a good defense and they can take things away. But like, but the the, the point to, and they the and point, they seem to have figured out that he his pro, he doesn't really process super well. He pre plans a lot of his throws. So like. 
he more than any quarterback I think I've ever watched will make a throw where you're like, were his eyes covered? Like, why did he think the ball throw, putting the ball there was okay? And it's like, oh, because he That's trusted his he, yeah. he trusted his pre snap read so strongly. He was just sure that that throw is going to be there, and he just threw it to the spot. And so, understanding too is understanding that he he's not making reads based on what he's seeing. He's ba- making reads based on his pre snap read a yeah. huge percentage of the time. Yeah. And, and and just to kind of wrap up what you were talking about, Jeff, like to that to the point you're making is like. Look, if you're just wrong about something, you're wrong about something. You know, like like for example, when when Julius Randle has a good season, I'm like, oh, I was wrong about Julius Randle. But then when he has a bad season, I'm like, I always knew this guy was the worst. Uh, but like, but like, you, no, you like, ch- like, don't check my. Uh, you can check my tweets on this. I've never liked them. <laughs> but like Tua, like like I, he's like at the bare minimum, he's much better than I thought he was, and that, and I and I stand like he's a really solid quarterback, and you know like. They're like, it's okay to just not be right about stuff. And like, I just think the Josh Allen conversation is really stupid. And it's like constantly about all the, th- like, oh, he turns the ball over. Okay. Yeah. He turns the ball over. Would I, like, I'm sorry. I will always be okay with Josh Allen turning the ball over. He has 13 interceptions this year. He's probably lost like three or four fumbles. You know what else he has? He has 24 touchdown passes and he has nine, nine. rushing touchdowns. And he is, during the Dorsey era was definitely singularly carrying our offense in ways that uh honestly I I'll just say this. This is what I'll say about Josh Allen. And you know, most people listen to this who aren't fucking Stacy, aren't Eagles fans. Um <laughs> if you swap J- Jalen Hurts into this Bills offense, I promise you that is not, not gonna be good. And I and I don't think Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback, but I'm sorry. Like you're talking about the level of creation that Josh is kind of been expected to do. Um, even in the Dable era, like they created, Dable created a system that made it easier for Josh to create, but don't get it twisted. Like it has been the Josh creation show. Um, and, and you know, case Kansas City does this with Mahomes too. Like they know what he is. He's a great creator. He's maybe not the most, I don't think, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is like the most amazing processor of the game I've ever seen. He's a good one. He's not like Peyton Manning or something, though. He's not Tom Brady. Um, but what he is is phenomenal at creating. And uh, you let these guys do that, you know? And, um, you know, I think – I forgot somebody – I forgot who said this. But you remember he had that play against – I think it was against the Giants where he, like – they had that, you know, uh, thing in the end zone where, like, Leonard Williams was fighting people or whatever – and yeah. you see, like Josh, Josh Allen, like jumped in and like hit somebody, and they asked like somebody after the game, and like, like you, you probably didn't want to see Josh like risk his, you know, hurting his hand there or something, right? And he's like, look, like you can tell Josh what you want to tell him, but like you can't tame a wild bronco, like, like that's what it is. Like he was just like you can't turn him into something he's not. And I do think in a lot of ways this season there has been a little bit too much of like trying. Oh, we like we don't want we, Josh needs to like be secure and i'm like yeah i mean i get that but like you know what jeff's talking about like but sometimes you just need to let that motherfucker jump over somebody and let him feel good about it
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.